Hello, I'm Jim, and this is On the Left Side, the Funny Football Show. A disgrace as a decision. If you are not guilty, you are not punished. By the other way, if they are guilty, you should be banned. Sometimes the dice just don't fall where you want them to. And this week, the biggest story in sport was probably actually the dullest too. Amongst all the gnashing of teeth, shouting of abuse and general celebration and complaining surrounding the decision of the Court of Arbitration for Sport to overturn UEFA's banning of Manchester City from all UEFA-governed competitions, thus allowing them to play in next season's Champions League, was the central, undeniable truth that the whole thing just really a pretty dull legal process which given the amount of money Manchester City threw at their legal team had a pretty inevitable result and excuse me if I'm in the minority but I'm not sure the inner workings of the legal system really make for box office viewing I mean they tried it with Ali McBeal and that was shit even with the dancing baby So the good news for City fans is that their beloved club can now play in the UEFA Champions League next season, a competition which they all say they hate and which helps to line the pockets of an organisation that they all say they hate. Remind me, who are the winners in this scenario? What has been quite entertaining, however, is the Twitter crackpots who all believe their own personal conspiracy theories as to how or why these events have unfolded. There are City fans who believe that FFP was created solely to cripple City in their bid to becoming a dominant force in world football. And there are those who support the likes of Liverpool and Manchester United who believe that where City's big brown envelopes full of cash failed at UEFA, they have succeeded at CAS, thus buying their innocence. Which, quite frankly, is ludicrous. I mean... The very idea that UEFA would ever turn down a bribe is frankly laughable. <laughs> also, some people think that Alexander Seferin is a lizard man, but I'm not sure anyone is really arguing with that idea. Personally, I'd much rather be talking about Jose Mourinho, but then I'd always rather be talking about Jose Mourinho. And for a start on that front, this week seemed to perfectly sum up the great big difference between the former and current bosses at Manchester United. So last week, as you probably heard on this show, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer encountered some technological issues on his Zoom call post-match interview, and he handled it in the same charming way as your mum might. What's that? Can you, James, did you, uh, did Karen just mute you? Am I muted? There we go, there we go. We've all been there. And this week it was Jose Mourinho's turn to struggle with his video calling system after his team drew with lowly Bournemouth without having a single shot on target. Can we try again? Does that work better? Hello Jose, can you hear me? No. Sorry, there's no IT support here. Sorry guys. And that's it. Headphones, slam down and he's off. If everyone gave up that easily when these calls went wrong, then lockdown would have been a much lonelier place. Although, also, we probably wouldn't have had to do so many of those fucking quizzes. His interview on the pitch with Sky was much more revealing, however. I guess it's much harder to pretend you can't hear someone when you're face to face. The game has the most important moment. You know when. The penalty, potential. You know who, and um, I don't want to say anything more in relation to that. Everybody knows 
and I don't need to say much more in relation to that. Everybody knows. I imagine you're talking about the potential penalty on Harry Kane, and you said you know who. Could you clarify who you mean? The same, the same uh, referee that was the VAR against uh, Sheffield uh, uh, United. And you've watched it back and you're adamant it was a penalty. You don't? My decision doesn't matter. It matters. You have the microphone, your, your, what you say matters, your opinion matters. Not to the view, it's only yours. It's not only mine, it's the view of everybody. I think in the world everybody knows that it's a penalty. Everybody. And when I say everybody, I say everybody. Everybody. It felt like more of a session on Jose's therapist's couch than a post-match press conference. Who knows where it would have gone if it had continued any longer. How does that decision make you feel? I feel like I am being bullied, you know? And you don't like that, do you? No, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair, you know? It's okay. It's okay. This is a safe space. No, it's, it's not okay. You don't understand. You see? I've got Sizoko in midfield. How is it okay? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I prefer not to talk. I prefer not to talk. What that miserable draw against Bournemouth and the slightly more miserable win against Arsenal that followed it would prove, however, is that the current Amazon documentary they're making about Tottenham Hotspurs, all for nothing, sorry, not all for nothing, all or nothing, is going to be box office and will give us an insight into the roller coaster experience of life watching football at White Hart Lane. And we've been given a little glimpse as to exactly how terrifying that roller coaster is going to be with the docu trailer dropping this week. Maurizio Pochettino has been sacked. It feels like the end of an era. We have to do what we feel is right for the club. And only time will tell if it's the right decision. You really need to watch it to get the full vibe, but it would appear that the whole thing starts with Jose Mourinho walking into the canteen where the players are and them looking like he's just shat on their beans on toast. Which could well be what he did. You wouldn't put it past him, the shithouse. Starting with Jose Mourinho coming in to replace Mauricio Pochettino feels a little bit like starting the Jaws film after all the people have been eaten. We don't see the shark, we just see that long boring bit bobbing around on the boat. Although in this version of Jaws, whilst we're in the boat, Quint, the captain, aka Mourinho, is just smashing holes in the bottom of the boat and making it much more difficult for anyone else who comes in afterwards. <clears throat> it looks like it's going to be brilliant, but before we get all carried away and start taking out Amazon Prime subscriptions, we probably should bear in mind the wise words of Roy Keane. When you analyse Tottenham and you watch Tottenham closely, then we shouldn't be surprised because they've got that type of performance in their makeup. We've seen it regularly over the years. That is in Tottenham's DNA. They will constantly disappoint you. He's right. Let's not get too carried away. Finally, on this week's show, I'd like to pay tribute to a footballing great that passed away this week. One of only 11 men who have won the World Cup for England a towering centre-back who knew how to stop the best in the world and a manager who reignited a passion for football, not least with the Republic of Ireland when he took them to Euro 88 and the World Cup in 1990 and in 1994. Jack Charlton was one of those people in football that no one ever had a bad word to say about and this week he passed away at the age of 85. 
There have been loads of tributes paid by various people, but my favourite has to be from Ray Houghton, who called up to tell his tale on Talk Sport this week. It was at Italy in 1990, and obviously we're very nervous, quarterfinals of the yeah. World Cup, and Guinness had just brought in some barrels. Oh, Jack, yes, yeah. And we're all, so I'm downstairs and they've set up this bar for Jack, and Jack's looking at me and said, what do you think? Do you fancy a pint? I said, Jack, don't say it if you don't mean it. He said, I tell you what, go and tell the rest of the team they can have two pints maximum. Well, you've never seen so many people running down the stairs. It was like a hairbrain. <laughs> all running down. We're all sitting outside. It was the best fun that we've had. He just knew instinctively what was the right thing to do because he knew we were nervous. He knew that we hadn't been in this situation before and he just wanted to calm everyone down. Now that's a proper drinks break. Cheers, Jack. Right, that's it for On The Left Side. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. Give us a follow on Twitter, at On The Left Side. Give us a subscribe, however you listen to your podcasts. And I would ask you to leave a review, but to be honest with you, no one out of the thousands of people that listen to this show every week, no one leaves a review, so I'm not going to. In fact, I'm going to try a little bit of reverse psychology. Don't you dare leave us a review. I'll see you next time. Adios. On the Left Side is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson.